Okay, so we're up to the bottom of the last three words. Just to review what the Gemara was saying, the Gemara said that if, uh, the Mishnah said that if an Eid Echad is made, that she was already paid for the Ksuva and she denies it, she has to make an oath. But the Gemara said this oath is rabbinic because she's making a Shvu and then collecting money, which is a rabbinic concept. If she was making a Shvu and, and then being exempt from payment, that's the Raisa. So it's a Shvu, and it also affects land. It's a Shvu de Rabbon. So the Gemara says, Amraf Papa, if the husband is clever, again, the husband has one aide who says that she already collected the payment, but she denies it. Now, one aide is not strong enough. So if he's clever, he can get her to make a Shvu de Raisa. Now, why is that better to have a Shudaraisa? Rashi says, well, Shudaraisa was more severe. You had to hold on to a chayfetz. When you made the Shavu, you had to use the Shem Hashem. Whatever, it's a, it's a more severe. So if he wants to get his wife to make a Shavu Deraisa, which is, again, where you're making a Shavu and then exempting yourself from payment, if you want to make her have a Shavu Deraisa, this is how you do it. Again, he has one aide who said that she already collected the money. She denies it. So if you want to make her do a Shavu Deraisa, give her the money again in front of one witness. So you gave her $1,000, let's say the Ksuvah was $1,000. He claims she already gave $1,000 in front of one witness. Give $1,000 again in front of a witness, okay? And then you could combine the first witness and the second witness, which the Gemara is in a second is going to ask how that's possible. Okay, fine. Now you got two witnesses that she collected one Ksuvah payment, meaning the second one. Then you can now say the money that I gave you for the first Ksuvah was a loan. And now you're asking her to pay back the loan which would require her to make a shvua to say that she doesn't have to pay the loan, which is now a shvua de raisa. See what I'm saying? Meaning... Why couldn't you have done that to start with to make her shvua? What do you mean? You have, to give, her, give her the, you have to give her the money a second time. Okay. Right now you gave her a ksuva payment. She denies it. Right. If you want to get her to do a shvua de raisa, you've got to make that ksuva payment alone. So you give her the ksuva payment again in front of one witness. See, now you got two witnesses because you combined the first and the second to that she got paid for the ksubas. The ksubas done with. But now you say to her, hey, I would like payment for the first one. And she's like, well, what was that? Originally, he thought it was a ksuba payment. Now it's a loan. And now he said, pay me back. And now she has one witness claiming she got a loan. When one witness claimed that you have a loan and she's making a shvua to exempt herself from paying back the loan, there's no land and it's paying and then denying its defendant. That's a shvua de rice. Now the one... One point uh, about this is that you're combining the first witness with the second witness. Now, that's very strange because the first witness saw the first payment, the second witness saw the second. They didn't see the same thing. How do you combine Aiden? Right? You, ha- you need two witnesses to, to avoid. To keep on giving him a foreign witness. She keeps on denying she's just going to make a lot of money. So you need two witnesses to see the Ksuba payments. You say, well, give it in front of one, and you got the first one combined. But then they didn't see the same thing. The first one saw the first payment, the second one saw the second payment. They can't combine together. So the Gemara says, How do you combine these Edom? They didn't see the same thing. So you're right. You give the second payment in front of the first witness and a second witness, meaning in front of two witnesses. So now she had two witnesses that she got the ksuva payment. Ksuva payment is done. But now you say, I have one witness that I gave you money, which now retroactively was just a loan. Pay me back, and she'll have to make a shvu. Okay. Again, shvu de raisa. You really need the first witness for it. You don't really. You just you need to aid them for the second payment. You also need one witness to mechaiva shvu. If not for the first witness, then how do you know the loan ever took place? 
the first ones to, to agree that she, he saw her get money. Correct. Now, now we're saying if not for that, then, then it's his word against her. You do need one witness to clarify there was a loan that took place. So now the Gemara says, but this is all based on, so now she had two payments. Second being the Ksuba, first being a loan. Maybe there were two Ksubas. Maybe she says, there were two Ksubas. I, I don't have to pay you back. Some people, maybe she makes up the story that, right? He's paying her twice, both time being ksubas. So you're going to say the first one was a loan, you got to pay back. Why can't she claim both were ksubas? And how do even the witnesses know? No, but how do even the witnesses know? that? The witnesses are testifying that it was a loan. The first witness thought it was a ksuba. The second witness thinks it's a ksuba, right? They both... The first one, when he paid him back, the first one, he said, hey, this is for the ksuba. Now, we're looking retroactively as it's a loan, but at the time, thought it was a ksuba. Second one, he tells both of them, this is a ksuba. So from the first aide's perspective, maybe there were two ksubas. I'm just saying, like, from the witness's perspective, he's just witnessed two ksuba payments. How do you know that the second one, the first one was retroactively a loan? How does the witness know this? So the is going to answer, he told the witnesses the game. you got to tell the witnesses so that they're on board, or else they're going to think there are two ksubas. So the Gemara says, Maybe she'll just say the two ksubas. He has to tell the witnesses before he does the second part, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is the plan. Okay. The Mishnah then said that if you collect from Nechasim Mishubadim, you have to make an oath. Okay, there's a general rule that when you collect from witness, from Yisomim, you have to make an oath. Anytime you're taking money from Yisomim, you have to make an oath. Tanan Hasim, the Mishnah said, orphans themselves, if orphans want to collect money, they also have to have an oath. Now the question is like this, what does that simply mean? Pashup Shadat means, if there's a group of orphans and they want to collect a debt that was owed to the father, they have to do it with an oath. The question is why? Why do the orphans have to make an oath? When you're taking from orphans, you have to know. But why, when the orphans are taking money? So, Stam, if, if you owe me money, I don't have to make an oath. I have a star. We're saying no, but if the assignment want to take the money from someone, even if they have the star, they make an oath. Why? They have a star. What's the, what's the word you need an oath for? When you're taking money from a Yasim, even with a star, you have to make an oath. Okay, fine. It's Chazal to protect orphans. You have to make an oath. But now, when the orphans are taking money from someone, they also have to make an oath. Why? And if the father was alive, he wouldn't have to make an oath to take, to take back a debt. But the orphans have to. The orphans are worse. Orphans are worse. It's the, the same person. Huh? It's not the same person. Still, they have a star. Same they have a star. I'm saying in general, we're always protective of orphans. We're not tougher with them. Mm-hmm. So now, like, the orphans want to collect a debt, and we're going to make them swear just to collect a debt? Why? The Gemara says, Miman, um, who are the orphans collecting from? If it's a standard debt, if it's a standard debt that's owed to the father, so it was $1,000 owed to the father, so now the Yisraeli are trying to collect the money, so they have to make a, they have to make a shvua. The question is, why? If the father was alive, he could collect the debt without, without making an oath. Inu b'shvua, they're worse? No. This is what it means to say. It means if orphans are collecting from an orphan, meaning you have... Ruvain lent money to Shimon with a star, and then Ruvain died and Shimon died. So now the orphans of A are collecting from the orphans of B. They have to make a shvu because they're taking money from orphans. Anybody have to make a shvu? True, but the chiddush is that although they're orphans, because they're taking money from orphans. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's the case though that they have to make a shvu? That if they make a shvu, they collect again. It's orphans taking money from orphans. Yisayim from Yisayim. So the Gemara says, Amr Zvik, Amr Yehuda. Again, there's a star, 
And Yisayimim are taking money from Yisayimim with the Shtar, and they have to make an oath. So it says, Rav Zvika, Lo Yishan, Lo Sha'am Yisayimim, Omer Lanu Abba Levisi Uparati. Aval Omru, Omer Lanu Abba Loi Levisi, Afeshul Lo Yifru. What are the orphans that are paying the money? What are they claiming? Right? If you're making a shvu, that means there's some sort of um, uh, fight going on over here. So the Gemara says, if the orphans are saying, our father borrowed, we know he borrowed, there's a star, and he said he borrowed, but he paid back. So fine, that's a denial, you have to make a shvu. But if the orphans say, our father never borrowed at all, then even with a shvu, you can't collect. That's the Gemara says. Now, the problem with that is, is that we have a star that says that the father borrowed money. If he claims, I didn't borrow, you know what that also means? If you didn't borrow, you didn't pay back. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're denying you borrowed, you're also denying you paid back. So they have a star. So you're telling me that if the orphans say, our father never borrowed the money, you can't even collect the money with a shvua. What do you mean? You have a star. <laughs> you have a star that says that the father borrowed money. There, it's one thing to say that, I, I, I paid back. Okay, fine, that's possible. But if you're saying, I didn't borrow, in other words, you didn't pay back either, we have a shtar that says that you borrowed. So you can't say you didn't borrow. <laughs> so all you're saying by saying you didn't borrow is I didn't pay back. So that should be, that's more of a reason to be guilty. That's not a reason to exempt him. We're saying like, you can't even collect with the shvua if the Yisraelim say our father never borrowed. We have a shtar that says that your father borrowed. So what's your excuse now? If you're saying you didn't borrow, you know your father's also saying he didn't pay back. Because if he didn't think he borrowed, he definitely is not going to pay back. So that's a reason that he's guilty. <laughs> it's not a reason to say that you can't collect from them. So you can't collect when they're saying our father, even with a shvu, you can't collect. It doesn't make sense. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The Gemara says, Maskif Adarabo, parati dami. If he's saying he didn't borrow, that means he didn't pay back. We have a shtar that says that he borrowed. I mean, his claim is false. So you're going to tell me that if the orphans claim that our father never borrowed, you can't collect from them even with a shvu? It doesn't make sense. It's other of it. doesn't make sense. So Gemara says, you're right. Change, this is what we meant to say. What it means is if the kids claim our father never borrowed, then the other orphans don't even have to make a shvu. Because they have a shtar that backs up that their claim is false. So when the, if the orphans say, our father never borrowed, then they could collect from them even without a shvur. That's the Gemara says. Because anytime you say you didn't borrow, that's also another way of saying you didn't pay back. Okay. Fine. The Mishnah then said, just to run through, because we have a long day ahead of us. So the, the Mishnah then said that if you... Uh, <clears throat> that... that if you're collecting, if the woman is collecting when the husband's not around, the husband's overseas, she has to make a shvua to collect the ksuba. Okay. Now there's a leniency here, and that is that we allow her to collect the money when the husband's not around. Right? Even with a shvua, it's still something, because you could hear Bezin saying, listen, wait for him to come back. Why should we go into his estate when he's not here? But okay, it's a certain leniency. The question is, is that a leniency dafka for ksubas, or is that a leniency that applies to all chayvas? So the Gemara speaks it up. Amr of Acha Sarhabira. Maisa Balafne Rav Yitzchak Bantuchya. The Omar of Yitzchak said, Loy Shonu Alaksubas Isha. This heter of allowing her to collect the money, even with a shvua, which is a big heter, it's only for a ksuba, Mishumchina, because again, we want to incentivize marriage. We want women to feel comfortable getting married and know they'll get their ksuba payment. So therefore, we're going to allow her to collect her ksuba when the husband's not around. 
with a shvua, that's a leniency in order to incentivize marriage. Have a balchayiv, But in the average balchayiv, if he wants to collect the money, the guy's not around. Even with a shvua, you can't. We tell him wait. That's what the Gemara says. But then the Gemara rejects it. The Gemara says, "Rova Omar Rav Nachman Afil Balchayiv Shlei Kolecha Vechem Noitel Moisus Shachaver Bahalich Viyoshu B'Dinas Ayam Vatan Noel Dels B'Fnei Lavin." Rava says, "Very simple. In the same way you want to incentivize marriage, you got to incentivize borrowing and lending. And if a person borrows money, and then the other one wants to collect, and the guy just says, well, 'Well, I'm going on vacation for six months, and you got to wait,' then no one's going to lend money anymore. So therefore, in order to incentivize borrowing and lending, will also allow you to collect with a shvua, not in the presence." Of uh, of the of the of the uh, lender, okay, of the borrower. I'm sorry. Rav Shimon Oimer calls man shetevask suvas. Okay, so I'm here to the end of the daf. This is um, the basic flow. The Mishnah had a lot of halachas, a lot of cases. Poigim suvas collecting from Yisaimim's property. We had a lot of cases. Then you had this statement from Rav Shimon. The last three lines of the Mishnah. It was a very ambiguous statement. And we're just going to try to figure out what was Rashimin saying. Rashimin says, Kol's man If a woman demands her ksuva, the Yorshin can make her swear. If she's not being tevaxuva, they don't have to swear. Well, what does that mean? She only has to swear if she's trying to collect the ksuva. That's it. What is he talking about? What case is he talking about? What is he adding? Is he being machmer? Is he being lenient? Is he arguing? What exact, what case is Rav Shimon addressing? So the Gemara asks this question, Rav Shimon Ahai, what case is Rav Shimon arguing on? So we're going to have three, I think three options. We'll run through it. It's not going to take very long. Option number one. Rav Shimon is commenting on the following case. The case of the initial was, Shnifra The Mishnah says that if a woman wants to collect money, and the husband's not around, he's overseas, she has to collect through a shvua. Now, what is she trying to collect? Ksuva. Or, also, she could be trying to collect mezainas, right? The husband's responsibility is to make sure that his wife is fed. And if he goes overseas and she doesn't have any food, she'll go into the estate to get it. So the Tanakama, when he said that if you want to collect, not in the husband's presence, you need a shvua, that's for all monetary things, ksuva and mezainas. To that, Rav Shimon is chaylik, and he says, no, only for a But if it's for mezainus, you can collect without a shvu. So the Gemara says, Rav Shimon l'meimar, also Rav Shimon l'meimar, calls him, anytime she's collecting suva, go to the next page, that's when she has to make an oath. But if she's not collecting the suva, she's just collecting mezainus, then she doesn't have to make a shvu, because for mezainus, which is his responsibility to give her weekly, we're not going to make uh, her swear. Now here's the problem with this. So now you're telling me that Rav Shimon's shita was talking about the case where the husband is overseas. What word doesn't work? Yarshim. Mm. Rav Shimon says that if she's trying to collect the ksuba, then the Yarshim make her swear. Yarshim means that he's dead. If now you're telling me that the case is he's overseas, it's not Yarshim, it's Bezdin. So that's the problem with that. So we're going to throw out that case. You understand anything? If you're telling me that Rav Shimon is commenting on a case where she, he's overseas and she's being made to swear if she wants to collect the ksuba, why are you saying Yarshim? Yarshim implies that he's dead. He's not dead, he's just overseas. So that's the problem with that. The Gemara says... Now, by the way, before we get to that problem, so Rav Shimon and the Tanakam are arguing if a woman wants to collect her mezainas, does she have to make a shvua? Right? 
So the Gemara says, Kamiflagi beplukta de Chanon ubnekei Hanim Gedolim. This is actually Machlekes Tanoim in uh, in uh, later on in the Masechta. The Tanan, the Mishnah says, Misha halacham dinas ayam. If a man travels, ve'ishto tevas mezaynas, and the woman just wants her mezaynas, she just wants food for the week. Chanan oimer tishba besayif lo tishba tchila. Hanan says she doesn't have to swear now. She just swears at the end. Meaning, when she, if she wants to collect the ksub at the end of the marriage, she swears, not now. So Hanan holds she does not have to swear if she's just collecting the mezainus, which is what Rav Shimon was saying. B'nei Akehanim Amru, G'daylam Amru, the children of Kehanim G'daylam, they said, no, Tishba B'tchilu B'saif. Swear now, by mezainus and by ksuba. So Rav Shimon is Kehanan, Rabbonon, Kibnei Kehanim G'daylam. So that's the that's the shita. So when Rav Shimon says that if she's tevei the ksuba, it's talking about a case where the husband is overseas, and she and what Rav Shimon is basically saying is she only has to swear if she wants the ksuba. If she wants the mezanah, she doesn't have to swear. Now here's the problem. The problem is maskifla Rav Sheshis hayarshin mashbiyan oisa bezdin mashbiyan oisim If you tell me the case is the husband's alive, then why does it say yarshim? Yarshim means he's dead, which means that Rav Shimon's case. Because Rav Shimon used the words yarshim, Rav Shimon's comment is obviously talking about a case where the husband died, not where the husband's overseas. So, attempt number two of what Rav Shimon was talking about. Elamar Rav Sheshis Aha. Rav Sheshis says, Rav Shimon was really commenting on the following halacha, which is the previous Mishnah. And that is, There's no windows there, it's just plastic. Um, I don't know. So, the previous Mishnah said that if after the husband dies and she buries the husband, now the husband, when, when, the, when she was alive, the husband exempted her from making any shavuos. But after the husband died, if she continues being an apotropist, meaning if she continues the estate, then she has to swear. It makes a lot of sense because the husband exempted her when she was alive. So if she's in charge of the orphan's estate, she has to swear. Simple. To that, Rav Shimon says, no, I disagree. Shimon says, she only has to swear if she's trying to collect her ksuba, because if you collect from orphans, you have to swear. But if she's just the apotropa, she doesn't have to swear. Why? There's a rule. Um, in general, someone who's an apotropis, someone who's in charge of an estate, you can make him swear to make sure that they're honest. There's a machlekes tanoyim, whether if someone before he dies, if he appoints someone to be an apotropis over his orphans, couldn't the orphans make him swear? So you'll say, yeah, why not? One reason not to is because being an apotropist of an orphan estate is not, it's like a thankless job. And if the person knows that he's going to have to swear, he's not going to do it. So if Shimon Shita is that if she's trying to collect, if she becomes the apotropist, she does not have to swear. Only if she's trying to collect the ksuba because she's trying to take money from orphans. But if she's just managing the estate, she doesn't have to swear. Why? Because if Shimon follows the shita, that any time a person is appointed, not by Bezdin, but appointed by the father to be in charge of the orphan's estate, in this case, his ex-wife, his, his, his wife, whatever, his widow, he knows that when he dies, his widow is going to be over. So it's Ki'ilu, she's appointed by him. Anytime you're appointed by the father, you don't have to swear. That's her Shimon Shita. The Cham disagree. They say, no, you do have to swear if you're appointed. The only time you don't have to swear is if you're appointed by Bezdin. Because if Bezdin's appointing you, then, then that, that means that, I guess, Bezdin trusts you. And, and also, you know, also there's pressure from Bezdin, so we don't want to be overwhelming. You, by the way, you could also argue the opposite, that if Bezdin appoints you, the covet of Bezdin, you'll, you'll, you'll still be willing to do it, even if, you, even if you have to be sworn in. But the point is, the Machleikas or Shimon the Rabbonon is whether a woman 
a widow who's the apotropis of her orphan's estate, whether she's, whether she's made to swear, if not collecting money, just stam. Rishimin says no, because we generally do not make someone who's appointed by the father over the estate of the orphans, we do not make him swear. The Rabbanans say, yes, we do. So Rishimin is actually being lenient. Meaning the Rabbanan are saying, we could make her swear whenever we want. Rishim's like, no, don't make her swear. So Shimon is actually being lenient. Remember that point, it's important. So Shimon is being lenient, foreshadowing. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Ditanan, this machlekes of Shimon and the Rabbanon is the same machlekes of Abishol and the Rabbanon. Ditanan, apetropes shaminu avi yisoyimim. If an apetropes is appointed by the yisoyimim, Yeshavah, you can make him swear. The reason being, why, why should you be able to make him swear? This is the, uh, who's this shita? This is the Tanakama. Tanakama says that if someone appoints someone in charge of the orphanage estate, you can make him swear. Why? Because Rashi says, if the guy didn't owe you a favor, he wouldn't be doing it anyway. So if he's willing to do you the favor, he's probably willing to do you the favor even if you make him swear. And he's clearly indebted to you. So you can make him swear. He's not going to renege. Minu Bezdin lo Yeshava. But if Bezdin appoints you, so you, you're doing Bezdin a favor. If Bezdin now starts harassing you to make you, know, make you swear, they're not going to do it. Abishol disagrees. He's a chilafadvarim. Minu Bezdin Yeshava. He says, No, if Bezdin appoints you, then you should be able to swear. Why? Because the covet of Bezdin, knowing that Bezdin wants me, wants my services, I'm willing to handle a shvua. But Minu Abishol lo Yeshava. It's a machlaikis of whether, if you're appointed by the father, could you be made to swear. That's Mamish the case over here. The widow is sort of appointed by the father, because the father knows the widow's going to take over. The widow takes over. Can you make her swear? The Tanakhama says yes, Rishimin says no. It's not just Okay. Now the problem is, Rishimin is being lenient. Rishimin is saying that I'm not going to make her swear very often. The Loshan is, Anytime she tries to take the Ksuva, you have to make her swear. Which implies adding on to the Rabbanon. I mean, the Rabbanon is saying that we make her swear, and Rishimin is like, Anytime he wants a ksuva, meaning, you know, it's like, it's like anytime we make a, make a swear, anytime. If Rav Shimon is actually being lenient, he should say im. Im implies minimizing. Kolzman is, is like a ribu. So if you're telling me that Rav Shimon is disagreeing with the Tanakam, meaning the Tanakama says you don't, you could make her swear whenever she wants, if she's the apotropist, and Rav Shimon's like, no, no, don't make her swear. Rav Shimon's being lenient on her. So he's minimizing the shvuas, then it should be im toivas, not kolzman. You know, kolzman is not really being nice of anything either, because they're saying already they make It's shvuas. true, but, but at least it's like, kolzman, it's like, it's like you say, uh, you know, can we do this? Yeah, and then I say, anytime you do that. Yeah, any, anytime implies like, I agree with what you're saying, and I'm adding to it. I guess that's the Lushen. So, so the problem is, if, if Rav Shimon is being makel, the Lushen doesn't work. So attempt number three, and that is, what is Rav Shimon talking about? Um, okay, we had this yesterday that if you write on a nusach on the star, I'm not going to make you, neither my orphans, I'm not, no one's going to, no, I don't have to swear. But if you remember yesterday's, there was a brysa from Abba Miriam, Ben Abba Miriam, that Abba, Ben Abba Miriam said, all these Lashinas are very nice. If you're taking money from orphans, you're going to have to make a swear. I don't care that you're Nusach, you exempted it. Chazal, we're metakin. If you take money from orphans, you have to make it off. That's the Machlech Zushim and the Rabbanon. Meaning, the Rabbanon are saying, even if a woman wants to take the Ksuba, 
if you said she's potter, she's exempt, she's exempt. Comes her Shimon says, no, calls man, she's saying all these Lashanas are very nice. If a woman is taking a ksuva from orphans, she has to swear. So if Shimon, it's Kolzman, meaning the Tanakam is saying, you want to take money from orphans, you don't have to make an oath if the person exempted that. To that, Rav Shimon says, Kolzman Shimon follows Ben Abba Miriam, that these Lashanis are very nice, but Chazal overrode it. So Kolzman Suvasa, you have to make an oath. It works perfectly. He's being machmer. Works perfectly. Well, at least in the previous thing, he's being machmer. We threw it out instead of circumstance. Well, yeah, no, no. We threw it out because his lotion is to be machmer. So you're saying, why do we even go with that havamina? Right. I don't know. It's a good point. No, I, I, whatever. I, that's, I guess, because there's a problem with this also. So there's, there's, there's a problem with every single shot. So it's one of those. So the Gemara says, Here's the problem. So you're telling me, so what's Rav Shimon's shita? Rav Shimon's whole shita is that even if you write a star saying you don't have to make an oath if you want to take from my Yarshim, comes Rav Shimon says, no, Kol's manches, if ask suvosa, Yarshim ash bianoisa. What's Rav Shimon's next line? Vim ene tevask suvosa. And if she's not collecting the ksuba, then you don't have to make a swear. That's not that's redundant. If Rav Shimon's whole thing is that he's just coming to tell you that if a woman is collecting the ksuba from orphans, she has to make a swear even with that star, then why does he add that last line? That doesn't help you. Meaning Rav Shimon's whole sheet is, if a woman is coming to take the ksuba from orphans, even if the star says she doesn't, she has to make an oath. And then he says, and if she's not coming to take the ksuba, then she doesn't. I know that. What, what does that add? So that, that's the problem. The Gemara says, wait a minute. Meaning, I get it. You've, you've explained beautifully what Rav Shimon's coming to say. Rav Shimon is coming to say that if a woman is coming to collect her ksuba, even if the shtar says she doesn't have to make an oath, she has to make an oath. Perfect. But Rav Shimon has a second part to his statement, which now seems incredibly redundant, and that is if she's not collecting the ksuba, she doesn't have to make an oath. What is that coming to add? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you what it's coming to add. It's coming to disagree with Rav Lozer Shita. Um, this is, yeah, this is going back two Mishnayas ago or three Mishnayas ago. If you remember, Rav Lozer Shita is, I, I, I mentioned this, that a, um, in general, a man can make his wife, uh, if she's managing his property, you can make someone who's managing your property swear whenever you want, even if there's no like um, reason, even if you don't have like proof that they're being untoward, you can make them swear. Rav Lozer added that a man can make his wife swear even if she's not managing the property. Just um, you can make her swear that she's not stealing from you. Rav Shimon is coming to that little extra line is saying, I disagree with him. Yeah. If a woman's not coming to collect the suba, there's no swear. Meaning, it's his little subtle way of saying, only make someone swear if, if, it, if, you have, like, if they're trying to collect money. But if they're not collecting money, meaning, i.e., it's Revelazar Shita, which is just stam in the Veltaran, you just say, make, sure, make her swear she's not stealing uh, pots and pans from me. No, no, no. So Rav Shimon is saying two things. He's saying, if that, even if she has a star that says that I'm not going to make her make an oath, if she's collecting ksuba, she has to. And if she's not collecting ksuba, no oath. Meaning, Revelazar, I don't agree with you either. We're not going to just make a woman swear in the Velt, just stam, like Revelazar Shita. That I disagree with. So he, those two statements are. All right, we'll stop here. My pleasure. Yeah, I, I uh, Zalman, Zalman, uh,